our sermon for the week of May 28th, 2023, Pentecost Sunday, is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 through 11. And the theme of our sermon is, The Spirit Leads Us to Confess Jesus as Lord. From 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Therefore I am informing you that no one speaking by God's Spirit says, A curse be upon Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are various kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of ministries, and yet the same Lord. There are various kinds of activity, but the same God, who produces all of them in everyone. Each person is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one person a message of wisdom is given by the Spirit. To another a message of knowledge, as the same Spirit provides it. By the same Spirit, faith is given to someone else, and to another the same Spirit gives healing gifts. Another is given powers to do miracles, another the gift of prophecy, another the evaluation of spirits. Someone else different kinds of tongues, and another the interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit produces all of these, distributing them to each one individually as he desires. The Word of the Lord. Among the three crowning sister holidays of the church year, Pentecost probably gets the least amount of pomp. We make a big deal out of Christmas and Easter, but the importance of Pentecost can't be forgotten. Jesus had ascended into heaven ten days beforehand, and his disciples were gathered for the Jewish Pentecost celebration. During this holiday, Jews from all over the world would make their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate at the temple. But this Pentecost was unlike any before. We hear that the sound of a violent wind from heaven came rushing through the house. Jesus' disciples began to speak in tongues, the different languages of all the people who had gathered from around the world in Jerusalem. And little tongues of fire rested on each of their heads, not burning them, but showing that the Spirit of God was at work. The Spirit had lit a fire that could never be put out. The Holy Spirit was at work, and is still at work in leading people to confess Jesus as Lord. But for us, we often forget that the Holy Spirit fits into the equation. It's easy for us to take credit for confessing Jesus as Lord. At times... We may be confused into believing that faith is a choice that we make. We wonder what separates us from those people around us who don't know Jesus. And we're led to assume that it's because we are different than them, somehow superior to them. When's the last time you watched how people on TV or a friend talks about how they live and you've become puffed up by pride? You're not the one who goes out getting drunk every weekend. You're not the one whose home life is a mess because you refuse to carry out the responsibilities of, of husband and wife, of mother and father. And as you look down on them, maybe the thoughts start creeping into your head. Yes, you have figured out your life. You have made the right choices. You have chosen to believe in Jesus. Maybe on the flip side, 
it's easy for us to wonder if our confession is sincere. I'm sure you get caught going through the motions sometimes, even in your worship life. You hum along with the hymn at church, but your heart is elsewhere. You monotonously confess the apostles or the Nicene creeds, clearly not paying attention to what those words say and mean. You keep looking down at your watch during the sermon to see when the pastor is finally going to land the plane, when he's finally going to say amen so that we can get out of here and go get on with our days. When we notice ourselves living and worshiping this way, do we sometimes wonder if our confession is actually spirit-filled? Do, do we wonder if these words are truly meaningful or if they're void of, of all meaning? What does Paul say? Therefore, I am informing you that no one speaking by God's Spirit says a curse be upon Jesus, and, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. If no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, then our faith in Jesus is never the work of us, but it is always the work of the Holy Spirit. He works on our hearts through the means of grace, the gospel in word and sacrament. He works through those people who share the means of grace in our lives, the pastor, the parent, the friend, the spouse, and maybe even sometimes the child. He lights that candle of faith that you and I could never light on our own. And that's good news. It's good news that he's the one lighting the candle of our faith. If you're confessing Jesus as Lord, there is no need to doubt that your confession is meaningful and valid. You can be certain that it is true, even though you don't feel it in your emotions. And that's okay if you don't feel it in your emotions. Because the truth that Jesus is Lord is based in reality. Not in the emotions that are constantly betraying us. But that doesn't mean that there won't be times when the message of salvation touches you deeply. It's okay to get emotional in church. It's okay to have tears of sorrow and tears of joy in your life. But if you don't, that doesn't mean that you don't know the truth. We confess Jesus as Lord, knowing full well that we are only able to do it by the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. We confess this truth because even though it won't always be an emotional exercise, we are confessing what is simple yet powerful, what is unchanging yet life-changing. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just light the candle of faith, then leave it to burn or be blown out by the wind. He fans the flame of your faith. But he doesn't just do it to empower individual believers. He fans the flames to empower his whole church. Look at verses 4 through 6. There are lots of different gifts and ministries and activities, but it's the same triune God. Who gives them all. But what are spiritual gifts? They are the gifts that come by faith and are used for the good of the holy Christian church, that group of believers united across time and across space. And what we hear is that these gifts 
all come from the Holy Spirit. Paul gives us a list of some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. We're not going to go through them this morning because of time, because of the fact that we don't know with certainty what any of these gifts are. For the last 2,000 years, Bible scholars have debated what each of these is and if it is still a gift being given today. What's most important for us is not to understand what all of these gifts are, but to recognize that the Spirit gives a multitude of spiritual gifts. Certainly he gives more gifts than are listed here. Paul is just emphasizing that there is more than one gift given by the Holy Spirit. And notice again his emphasis that these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. There would be no room for the apostles to say, I cultivated this, I grew this. There would be no place for you and I to look down on others and think that we are greater than them because we deem their gifts less than ours. All the gifts that we have, whether great or small, whether many or few, come from him. And these gifts are given to all believers. There is no separation in the church between haves and have-nots when it comes to spiritual gifts. Even if you don't think you have spiritual gifts, even if you don't think that you can recognize them in yourself, you do. I see them in you. I'm sure people in our church recognize them in you more than you notice them yourself. And if you ever say, God has given me nothing to serve him, come talk to me. And we'll discuss just how much God has poured out on you for service in his kingdom. If there's one takeaway I want you to to bring home with you today, it's that the Spirit gives these gifts as he desires. He doesn't just hand them out recklessly like candy being thrown out at a parade. He gives these gifts to you for a purpose to accomplish the work of his church. He uses these gifts in you to strengthen other believers. It is so short-sighted to think that your gifts are less important than someone else's, so they won't be missed if you don't use them. God gave them to you to strengthen his church. It's selfish to think that God gave you these gifts in order only to serve yourself. As we've talked about over the last few weeks, the sinful nature leads us to always focus the heart's camera not on God, but on ourselves. If you feel like you're being lazy with the gifts God has given you, repent. Start to put these gifts to work. Not for yourself, but for Him. And if you want to serve, but you don't know how to use your gifts, don't let that be an excuse. Let's work together to see how you can use these gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you in our congregation and in your life to serve the one who gave them to you. But the work of the church doesn't just go on inside the doors or on our church property. The Spirit uses the light in you to light more candles. Historically speaking, Pentecost marks the biggest wildfire in human history. 
It starts a blaze that works its way out from Jerusalem all over Israel, all over the Mediterranean world, even to the heartland of the United States, even to the most remote corners of the earth. And this is what God has in mind when he talks about his disciples of all nations, every tribe, language, nation, and race. The Holy Spirit gives these gifts not just to strengthen other believers, but to go out and make more believers. Are you using your gifts to serve the unbelievers in your life and point them to Jesus? When I was vicaring in Ohio, our evangelism guy on church council, his name was Scott. And Scott had two qualities about him. You would say one of them is a good quality and one of them not so good of a quality. But both of them really worked to together to make him an excellent evangelist. Scott was always upbeat. But Scott also sometimes missed social cues. It was Scott's idea that every Saturday we pick a neighborhood in town and we go door to door, inviting people to come have coffee with us and hear about our church. And seeing Scott standing on somebody's porch, telling them about Jesus, made some of the gifts that the Spirit had given him so very clear. The person whose door he was standing at could have told Scott that he had just gotten out of prison for trying to burn down a church. And Scott's demeanor wouldn't have changed one lick. He'd still be upbeat, trying to get this guy to come to our church. We're not all Scots. And that's okay. God uses a multitude of gifts to spread his gospel to the world. But I am beyond thankful that God fills his church with many different personalities, with many different talents, with many different people to keep that fire burning. The Spirit works through all these gifts that he gives to keep the flame of faith lit in our hearts. We can't do this without each other. If you say, they'll be fine without me and my gifts, you're burying those gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you and the church is worse off for it. If you think your attendance at church and your involvement in the ministry doesn't affect us at all, you're underselling the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. You're underselling the gifts that have been given to you. Embrace those gifts. Use them in service to that Spirit-filled gospel message, that message that causes us to confess Jesus as our Lord and keeps us confessing him as Lord forever. Amen.